What up, everybody, and welcome to the Short Series Podcast. On this podcast, I sit down with artists, creatives, and young entrepreneurs to talk about their stories. This podcast was recorded in Kansas City, Missouri with a very talented individual. Enjoy the wave. What up, everybody? It's Nate with Streetwave, and welcome to the Short Series Podcast. Hope all is well. Today, my guest, so before I even introduce this gentleman, um, there's actually some crazy parallels that this this guy's got with me. Um, we went to Manhattan, Kansas. Um, I went to school at MCC, got into the coffee community there, and then Ian Bauer, my guest, he was working at Arrow, right? Yep. Which yep. is cool, because Dave, we both know Dave, yep. that was running the shop. Um, at the time, I don't know if I know. I haven't talked to Dave in a while, but like we were in the Fixie gang for a while. Yeah. So it was like coffee, beer, Fixie, like, and that was the mentality. So it was really cool to see him um, grow, get an establishment, open up a shop, do what he loves, and then meet you. That has great parallel stories in that as well. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you were one of my first contacts that I heard about in KC from like Dave and Cody. Yeah. You're like, hey, there's a guy who's working working down at Thalmaeus. He's chill, he's a buddy, like, hit him up. And so I think you might have been one of the first people in KC I knew. Yeah, yeah, and it was cool to be like, man, I, and I have not been to Arrow yet. Um, going back to Manhattan, I don't know, man, it's just, it's either like if I'm on the way to Colorado, I might stop by. Yeah, quote, unquote. <laughs> but I don't know what else to do there. After I left that town, I was like, all right, I'm done. It's time to move on, you know what I'm saying? But I want the listeners know that you are a talented, talented barman. I mean, there's, so I, check this out. I looked up different words for bartender because I wanted to be professional. Quote, unquote. <laughs> okay. um, so there's barkeep, um, barman, mixologist. And, but then I put et cetera, because I was like, I don't know where to go with this. Distiller now, you know, you've grown yep. so much. It's really great to have you on the show. Really appreciate it. Uh, I want to dive into your life. Um, I want you to share maybe a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you went to school, and then where you are now, yeah. and then we'll get you up in man. Awesome, yeah, super glad to be on the show. Glad this, glad this worked out, this yeah. is awesome. Uh, yeah, so I guess like a uh, quick little synopsis of, of my life and how I started started bartending. Uh, went to K-State, Manhattan, where, we're, where our contacts kind of yeah. mesh, where our circles started overlapping. Uh, got a barista job there at Arrow, Dave's shop. Uh, Turned 21, and that was about the time they opened up a little cocktail bar okay. uh, in the back room. Uh, so, opening day, a little soft open. We're supposed to have about 50 people show up, and 250 showed up. Line out the door five minutes after open, and I was just there to like have a beer, you know, polish glassware as 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 needed. And uh, Ben, who was supposed to be the only bartender that night, was like, "Ian, Jeremy, behind the bar now." And so I'm like, oh, okay, I'm learning how to bartend. So here we go. So he told, he told Jeremy how to make two of the cocktails. He told me how to make two of the cocktails. And we just started bartending. Yeah. Uh, from that point until 11 o'clock, whenever we closed, we were slammed. And I uh, absolutely loved it. Yeah. How, how was that feeling uh, at the end of that shift? It was weird. It's a different, because, you know, I'd been working in coffee for a few months, a year maybe. Um, and it was just a different, it was definitely like finding that you love something yeah it was it was stressful it was wild i did not feel prepared for that at all but at the end of it it just it just something clicked right it right. felt awesome hell yeah yeah i know 100 and then like i saw 
um, your passion and your love for bartending at Thalmaeus when we work together. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like you, you would, you'd sling coffee for sure. Like that, that was your thing. But like, I could see that eagerness. Same with like, um, you know, our dear friend, Justin Kukowski. Yeah. Like both of you guys, I could see that was very eager to learn, wanted to bring on new flavors, new vibes, new things, just for people to have a better experience. So that was really cool from my perspective. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, it's been fun. Loved coffee super fun and then yeah just seeing that like swap over too and i always say like i think baristas make a lot of the best bartenders because right. of that passion because right. of that eagerness yeah uh i would honestly if i was if i was hiring somebody and they had no bar experience ever but they had you know worked at any pretty much any coffee shop and i got the chance to talk to them and i saw that energy and that eagerness to serve people and make people right. flavors and give them these experiences i would take that over a, a 10-year you know restaurateur or bartender that yeah. maybe just doesn't have that energy yeah. or is yeah you know working for the paycheck and i think that's what like and overall we can even like step outside of bartending and see that in other fields of like man if you're passionate and you're wanting to put out effort and you're getting down to like mop sweep show your effort Yo, it's a, it's gonna be a win-win. Any anybody that loves their job and will still you know clean the bathrooms at the end of the night, I'm That's like, what oh, I did tonight. Those are my best. <laughs> those are my best friends, and those are the guys I always wanna yeah. I always wanna work with, and I you know wanna go hang out after right. the shift. Right. And uh, in Manhattan, so we knew that there was Redinas and Blue Stem. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Right. Yep. What was what was what was your favorite? Uh, I was a Redina's guy. Redina's. I was yeah. Redina's uh, just because the, the, the one in, um, not to interrupt, but the one in um, Aggieville. Is it the one on the corner? There's Chipotle that's yep. like right next to it? Yep. Yeah. Yep, the corner yeah, Redina's, man. <laughs> and then just using that back alleyway to get the blue stem in like a secretive way to like get through uh -huh. the back just so no one else sees you up front. <laughs> yeah, man, that was great. Well, I mean, I went to blue stem. Fridays they had like the vegetarian deep dish pizza slices, mm. so I'd always like. That was my time ago. You know what, Redina's, I don't need you today. Yep. I'm going to go with Blue Stem. Blue Stem, they... But that community, man. Oh. So, I, I mean, to be passionate, like, those guys showed me that. Um, Dave, mm. Cody. Yeah. Travis. Yep. I mean, and those guys are now on doing amazing things now. So, yeah. it's really cool to see us all in different places and to see you now being a distiller, you know? So, I want to dive into that. How's that experience been for you? Was that, like, a, was that something that you always wanted to do? No, that uh, that kind of came as an evolution of bartending, I think. Um, working at, I think I really started becoming interested in the process at Julep okay. down in uh, Westport. I was working there for about two years. I was the head bartender for a while. Uh, big old, you know, big whiskey bar, if you're not familiar. A uh, bunch of bottles from around the world. Uh, main, you know, mainly whiskey. They've got some other stuff, though. And... To work there, you got to pass like a little test. It's called the Bar Smart test, and it just goes through and talks about distilling and bartending and service. And one of the questions that you get asked a lot at a bar like that is about the process, about uh, you know how did that liquid get in the bottle? And so I had to learn a lot about that to answer those, you know, trying right. to trying to sell things right. to people, trying right. to figure out what right. they want and give it to right. them. Right. And as I was learning about it, it's a it's just really, really cool, like what these people are doing and the investment and the time and the, you know, coming back to passion that it takes to get a spirit into a bottle is awesome. It was always a uh, scotch distilleries that I really loved learning about because those those guys have just been doing it for hundreds of years. Yeah, you know, yeah, this, you know, yeah. this girl, you know, this lady's head distiller, like her dad taught her how to do it. His dad taught him how to do it. Just generations and generations yeah, of yeah 
just this passion and love uh, that they've that they've put into these products, and just learning about that, reading about it, I was like, man, I want to I want to do that. I want to I want to make something yeah, that I yeah. can give to people, and yeah. it's got a story behind it, and 100. you know, it's it's like what we talked to uh, prior to this was like power and pride. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Like be able to have that balance. Yeah, and to make sure it's not like that pride's not weighing you down. Yeah, and that power's not dragging you away from something. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's good to like be focused on what you're doing, and I've seen that with you. You you've been so professional with that. Um, the crew that you've been surrounded by as well, Justin Krakowski, Emily. You know, mm-hmm. like I think it's such a blessing to really just absorb information, uh, vibes. Whatever, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, out of all the places that you've worked at, I, I think it's cool that you've probably picked up some things on along the way to to apply to what you do now. Is there anything specifically that speaks out to you that, you know, now that you're distilling, have you been like, oh, man, if I didn't go be a julep or campground or had that conversation or experience with someone, would I have not known what I do now? Do mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, there have been. I've, I've been very blessed that every place I have worked, I have taken away kind of a major a major thing obviously learned a lot you learn you know should be learning every day you learn a bunch of small things but there have been a few t- individual times that come to memory where like just the job made sense or the job was incredibly fulfilling like arrow for instance um had a being in a college town you get a lot of uh, exchange students you get a lot of a lot of people going to school right. in town from all all around the world and not to i mean not to interrupt one more time uh, but their location is like is it by the pizza joint? Is that where? <laughs> yeah, that's at? get all uh, get all uh, pizza shuttle. Yes, pizza shuttle. The shuttle drop. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I remember we, we we would get those pizzas right, <laughs> and we'd get like the Supremes, of course, you know, everything on it. But mm-hmm. we turn it upside down so that oil. Yes, you got you it. You gotta drop for it, sure, man. Everybody makes I was that told one mistake. To be here. They're, move, they're putting they, one in Kansas City. Oh, I don't need there to be a shuttle here. That was not a good time in my no, life. No. I was eating pizza all Woo. day. Oh, the shuttle drop. I haven't thought about that. Oh, well, with the... I mean, it's cool to have, like, such a, a cultural school next to a, you know, a, an open, honest bar yeah. coffee shop. Do you know what I mean? Oh, a, lot, a lot could come to life. So, yeah, such a such a blessing right off the bat to get you know, not just this one demographic of people to serve, like bar, bars that, you know, you want, you want to be interacting with so many different types of people. That, I mean, that's life is hanging out with as many types of people from different backgrounds and experiences and, you know, learning from them and their, you know, their life and their truth and like, you know, consuming all that and adding to your own worldview. And that was super cool that, you know, I had people from all over the world that I got to serve and, our uh, bar manager was very cognizant that there were people coming in that, you know, don't drink Jack and Cokes. You don't, you don't really drink Jack and Coke in Brazil. You drink a caipirinha. Oh. And so that was kind of a funny thing that I, I think I made caipirinhas before I made Jack and Cokes, which is you know, kind of a weird work experience. But there is a gentleman in from Brazil uh, where caipirinha is pretty much the national drink. It's something that they drink all the time. What's in there? It is uh, a rum that's made in Brazil called cachaça. Okay. Super funky and vegetal and grassy. Okay. Uh, lime. You, you cut up whole lime wedges and a little bit of sugar. Shake it, dirty dump it into a glass. Uh, it's, and that's it. That's it. It's, oh, I mean, wow. it's a mojito with no soda, pretty okay. much, with, okay. a, with a type yeah. of rum. And, uh, you know, the guy orders a, a caipirinha from me, and 
I, I had talked to him before. I knew he was from Brazil. We were kind of acquaintances at the time. And, you know, kind of got the nervousness to me. Like, this is a drink that he is used to drinking, that he has probably made himself a lot. You know, made it. Uh, he took a sip, and he kind of teared up a little bit. And I was like, oh, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> I made a bad well, drink. That's not good. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he, he, you know, he's kind of choking up a little bit. And he says, hey, just thank, thank you very much. Uh, I was really, really homesick and missing my family. And this made me feel like I was at home. Yeah. And what I was an experience. 21 yeah. years old, yeah. and I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that was yeah. a thing. I had never yeah. had that happen yeah. before. Like, yeah. just to be able to give this guy who's, you know, yeah. 10,000 miles from home. Like, yeah. he is nah, that's... so far away from his family, and I got to do this yeah. small little thing yeah. Yeah. to give him a little slice And now of he's going to remember that forever. Yeah. You yeah. I mean, like, how special is that? Have you, uh, on your journey of like bartending to so many places, have you um, come to a to come to a maybe like a, a status of saying no sometimes so much to saying yes to everything as a bartender? Yeah, in terms of like employment. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. That's... I'd call you like a consultant, probably. I mean, you know what I mean. I, like, I'm sure people <laughs> come up. Is this the right thing? I, yeah, I there's there's a lot. That's a hard that's a hard one to do. I've. Because we've got a lot of great places in KC. We're right. we're very blessed in that right. there's a lot of a lot of cool places to right. as a consumer drink and eat at. As a as an employee, there's a lot of cool places to work at. And we've yeah. got a bunch of cool people we can work with, and that's uh, that's tough to say no to a buddy, especially like somebody that you appreciate professionally as well as have a friendship with, and yeah. they you know they come to you and yeah. ask you to join their team and. Right. Uh, for me, it's uh, <laughs> I always uh, I always joke with my friends that I'm the king of the two month employment because I always feel like I'm bouncing around and you know if I don't if I don't have the right feel at a place I am pretty pretty quick to leave for better or worse I think uh, it's tough to hire people two months at a time yeah. um, but I always do try and whenever I am leaving a place I try and hey this is my two weeks obviously if that puts you guys in a bind I will stay as long as it, you need to. And that's cool. Hire people Loyalty, and train people. Yeah, and professionalism. Yeah, I always yeah, try. Saying. As far as I know, I haven't burnt any bridges. Right. Uh, I always try and make sure that I'm still friends with everybody that uh, that I've worked with right. in the past. So how did um, how'd you come? How did you meet Mike and Kyle? Mike and Kyle. Uh, so I met them back when I was uh, back when I was at Manhattan. Um, was in town for a first Friday first Friday uh, weekend and me and some buddies I think we were 21 this was this was years ago now like even before this place opened and we just kind of poked our heads in and it was first distillery any of us had ever seen and they were done doing tours for the day and I, I can't even remember who it was that gave me the tour but we just kind of poked our heads in like hey we were just curious about what you guys do we don't know what a distillery is like what is this and one of the guys was just you could. It was a first Friday. You've you've worked in before. You know you just get dragged I was, through I the was, dirt. Yeah, uh, back barman. So yep, dragged through the dirt for sure. Just get just get brutalized on a first Friday back in the day. So he was beleaguered, and he said, he kind of like perked up. And he was like, oh yeah, we're done doing tours, but come on to the back. And he just showed a bunch of punk twenty-one year olds. Like yeah, so this is what we're going to be doing. Like we're you know this is what makes us different from other guys in town here's why we're doing it. Like, here's a brief little story. Like he took time out of his day on a clearly worn out, like worn out day to just show some people, you know, show some punk kids that isn't, you know, 
you don't get a lot of return on investment on a lot of 21 year olds showing right. them a distillery. Yeah, no, that's the truth. Well, and it's how Mike and I met was at Thou Mayest and see his dream come to life and like talking about like he would share challenges with me that he is obviously over you know surpassed and mm-hmm. um, accomplished such great things I think it's really cool to even like us right now like the listeners don't know but we're actually at Lifted Spirits so it's cool to be in the ambiance and, and to be where you have come alive at yeah you know? yeah it's it's funny to think about you know four years ago if 25 year old me could tell 21 year old me that like oh hey you're gonna be you know you're gonna be running that still in a few years like you're gonna be coming up with new products for this company and uh, that that's wild that's wild to me to think about that you know I was, does it does it keep you on your toes keep it, you nervous it does, does it does it? it's a lot it, it's a lot i've always got stuff to learn i've always right, got stuff to right. work on well i feel like mike's patience and his vibe himself overall is such like a good person sense such you know a, what i mean same with kyle man yeah like, two great individuals so i i think it's perfect that how that's all lined up for you mm-hmm. you know you've You've learned a lot from different places, and now you're able to focus, put it all into that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, his his grace and his patience with all of us on the team, but me especially, is it's it's nice to be in that learning environment yeah. where the pressure's not not necessarily always on, and you know you, you make a mistake here and there, and it's it's not a strike one, strike two, you're fired. Yeah, it's a oh like here like here's my knowledge, here's what I've learned here's how you can do better Hell yeah. and it's a it's a very yeah. like and I personal can already, i can see them talking like how <laughs> how mike is and um such a such a great guy i want to i want to go into kind of a lifestyle of being a bartender and how you were to uphold yourself rather than like so the temptations of like always drinking is always there i'm mm-hmm. sure it, it can be a weakness to some have you battled through that have you overcome that and then I guess, like, to top that off, how do you live, what would you say, how would you live um, a good lifestyle with being a bartender? Yeah, absolutely. Because you want to be an example. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it, it's tough sometimes. There were, there was a while uh, a few years ago uh, where I was kind of, I was kind of hitting the sauce a little hard. Uh, just, I'm a, I'm a stress drinker. That's kind of how yeah, I am. Right. I, I'm a happy drinker generally. <laughs> I, I like to drink with my friends more than anything. But right. I also have found that if I'm right, like way past the edge, like w- way after it, uh, I kind of take it out, kind of take it out on the bottle. Um, but I think just being, uh, like, I like to have my worldview be that I'm always okay with being wrong. Um, it's kind of the way that I think about it. Like, truths that I hold and truths that I have are just based on my experience. And so I always love to talk to people and hear, and I, I'm always okay with being wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and so I like to try and keep an open mind about, and try and view myself from the outside. And I could definitely see that and see kind of the route that I was taking. Um, and so a big thing for me was actually, this isn't like a worldview thing, but we were talking about sparkling water earlier, which is super yes. funny because <laughs> yeah. that was, I don't know why, but there was something about, I never really, never really drank sparkling water, started hitting that. And for some reason on top of like being conscious that the drinking was getting kind of out of hand and to kind of have something that kind of supplemented that. And where sometimes the urge was, Oh, I need a drink right now. Like I'm, I'm, I'm stressed out. I, I can't handle it anymore. Yeah. It was kind of having another another route to take where I consciously made the decision, like, I'm stressed out. 
that's okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drink something else. I'm going to drink a little, little croix, a little sparkling water or something. Uh, it was a weird thing for me that that kind of satisfied. I just needed something to go back to. And I picked drinking right off the bat, but just having my, my – I had my favorite brand. I had my favorite flavor. Uh, like having something to go to when I was stressed instead of alcohol was yeah. a big thing, and that really helped me tone it down. And I had kind of stopped working out for a while too, yeah. and that was yeah. another thing is – I was like making that conscious effort, like, okay, I'm gonna work out three days a week, three days a week. Well, it's kind of hard to work out whenever you're hungover out of your mind. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're not gonna be benching uh, when you got the headache. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, kind of making that uh, that commitment to myself to be active and to be working out, and something that drink, you know, drinking kind of prevented that. So, holding myself accountable to that was a big step in kind of cutting back on the consumption yeah, yeah. for sure i think a lot of us in a lot of fields forget to take care of ourselves yeah Abs- what, what, what's the first thing we think i need to go home i need to sleep i don't want to talk to nobody i'm you know i'm peacing out mm-hmm. and then that's great but it's like how do we keep each other maybe almost accountable as you know homies bartenders yeah baristas, whatever you know yeah for sure i think the service industry especially like you, you live your life taking care of other people and you forget about the one that's right. going to be with you right. the whole time, yeah. which is yourself. Yeah. And yeah, that's why definitely holding each other accountable and just making sure that we're always talking to each other. I've always tried to be very like open with other, you know, I've got, I've got bar experience. So like my other bartenders, like really double checking on them, asking them about their lives, like making sure that they're making sure they're doing good. If anybody's been drinking, you kind of have to do the tough love of, all right, like hand me the keys, let me buy the Uber, like whatever that is. That's been uh, an unfortunate part of the industry is I've, I've lost a bunch of buddies to drunk driving. Uh, that's, that's super, it's super sad. And so, you know, anytime, anytime you hear about it, anytime that happens, like that was somebody's, somebody's GM not doing their job. That right. was somebody's bartender yeah. not, not you know oh i don't want to be weird i don't want it to be strange the next time i see them and i had to cut them off or i had to i had to take the keys and it's like well sometimes you don't get to see them again if you don't do that which is kind of heavy but it's definitely something that in this industry we need a lot more of is you know being okay with tough like giving the tough love and receiving that like yeah understanding the responsibility yeah yeah absolutely yeah and it's a team effort and i think that's Another thing, I keep on saying this, seeing you behind a bar with the team is always a delight, you know? I know it's going to be a good night. I know it's <laughs> going to be the best drinks, so I really appreciate that. Um, I, I want to I go into uh, the beer versus liquor kind of Oh, shit. yeah, yeah. You know, uh, beer before liquor, you're in the, you'll never be sicker. Or something beer like before that. liquor, never been sicker. It's liquor before true. beer, is you're that, in the clear, yeah. Is that true? Okay. As a bartender, like, I don't... I don't think it is. I don't think it is. What I think that, I think the trend of that comes from, and we, we, you, you learn this in your like serve safe, like how to not over serve a customer, right. is that whenever we drink, we have this weird tendency as humans to go higher ABV as we lose our inhibitions and get drunker. So that's what I think it is. I think it's an overall drunkenness thing is like you start off with the beers, you're having, you know, you're with your buddies, you're having a good time. And then you start to get kind of that party energy, that party vibe, and you start doing shots. Shots is the big one for me. That's where I think hangovers come from. Is I think we're all good at drinking until somebody yeah. buys that first round of shots, and it just puts it just throws everybody's equilibrium yeah. off, and like that's when party mode starts. Well, it's almost like a eating like a, a large plate of food. Our eyes are 
bigger than what's in front Absolutely. of us. Absolutely, yeah. Like, so we see 10 shots, we're yeah. like, <laughs> let's go, let's, let's go. party. Yeah, this, this is the bar? Okay. <laughs> you know, the, yep. the, this is, let's go. Crazy question I want to ask you. Do you remember making, I know we talked about Arrow being your first place to make mm-hmm. a drink, but do you remember making your first drink, putting out, was the response good? Were you happy? I um, Yeah, I remember that. It's a, it was a, it was a strawberry basil julep uh, with Woodford Reserve. I remember that. You had to muddle the strawberries first because the fruit would mash, and if you over-muddled the basil, it got bitter. And once again, this was, it was, this was soft open at the Arrow Cocktail Bar. I remember that. First time I'd ever touched a muddler, touched a cocktail glass uh, on the service side, and just nervous as hell it was one of those bars where the customers were right in front of you everybody's watching um everybody's asking you questions everybody's trying to get a drink and as a you know 21 year old bartender didn't know the recipe uh i sorry you know remember that throw a little basil simple in there throw your woodford in there crush some ice throw that in there throw a nice little uh sprig of basil on top tuck your straws in send it out the door And I remember that, and that was, cause, you know, I had been served cocktails before, so I had seen people, pardon me, I had seen people do all of these cool things, all these crazy, you know, mixology, bartending, whatever you want to call it, I had seen all that, and to kind of be the guy, you know, coming back around to, like, I know what this looks like on the other side of the bar, this is crazy, like, this is so, so fun, and I met one of my best friends like still to this day that night he ended up working with me at that cocktail bar he lives down in Oklahoma now and it was just him and his lady sitting in front and we were just shooting the shit and that was the first time we met first time we talked and he turned into you know a lifelong friend that's incredible that was super fun so I, I made a really good friend and kind of like found my passion all in that one <laughs> crazy night yeah. <laughs> that's nuts man um, I wanna I wanna dive into advice time with you. What would you have any advice for a young guy or girl wanting to start or learn bartending? Is there any like key things that you would tell them? Yeah, I guess my my big thing that I always try and uh, talk to people and what kind of got me into it was to drink with purpose is how I like to talk about it. And you know, every you know, you're having a beer at the end of the night, like whatever, but. Everything that I that I that I eat, that I drink, that I like see, I try and understand the base parts of what is happening to me. So even a drink that I don't like, I try and think about, oh, like what, like why don't I like it? It's you know too sweet, too sour. That's part of it. But what are these flavors that I'm tasting like? Or is it the flavors that don't work together? Is it the balance of the cocktail? Is it you know did somebody maybe like over dilute it or something? And I think you learn so much about just, you know, service and the actual making of cocktails just by trying to understand so much about what you consume. Um, That's always been a big one for me and read. Uh, Just read all the cocktail books you can. There's so much good info out on the internet. What's your favorite uh, cocktail book? Ooh, favorite one. What's your go-to? Uh, it's called, it just got released a couple years ago. It's called Regarding Cocktails. Okay. It's by a, the guy that opened up Milk and Honey in New York. Kind of like revolutionized the yeah. craft cocktail scene. Sasha Petrosky. It's crazy. I went to a Milk and Honey in Chicago. I, I they've got multiple. Okay. They've got multiple cool. locations because yeah. it was so. And I actually think the one in New York is shut down now. It was it was a vibe. 
Yeah, it's it. They're very simple, and he was a he was just a he passed away a few years ago, unfortunately. But he was a kind of a titan in the cocktail scene, and that book tells you a lot about. It's not always thrown into a smoked glass. It's not always about this, you know, tomato like tomato water sphere at the bottom of the glass. A lot of times, it's it's just about creating a home for your customers, serving them a drink made with purpose. And, you know, those are kind of the two parts for me of what makes a cool bar is, you know, everybody come in, you're my friend, you're my family, I'm going to serve you as such. Here's this drink that I, I didn't just bullshit my way through. Like we, you know, I sat down and I analyzed, you know, the parts of it and what I'm putting in front of you is something I would serve to my mom, you know, like if she hadn't drank more than she did. I like that. I like that. It's yeah. like... Um, I remember in, in grade or not grade school but in high school it was like speak or like speech mm-hmm. speech class all this stuff it was like imagine everyone in their underwear yeah <laughs> I'm like I can't do that can't. that's weird but I like have, I, I like maybe if I maybe I'm saying imagine your mother in front of you mm-hmm. that would have been cooler yeah I would have been done with that um, let's say someone sits down and you're wanting to hire them what's three attributes that you're looking for as a great bartender. Uh, the three things that I look for, um, I guess it'd be uh, hospitality, uh, just kind of coming back to like creating that family atmosphere, right. you know, oh, does somebody come in, you know, a customer comes in and they're kind of upset with you, like they're kind of off-putting. You don't have to fight your way through that, but you, you can't snip back at them. Like you can be, you know, polite and curt. Some people appreciate that. Sometimes you can get them to warm up to you, like, so somebody who can do that, somebody who can be kind and understanding of people's situations, you know. I've had people come in and they just got back from their best friend's funeral. Yeah, Joe's going to be a little mad at me. He's not going to be super polite when he yeah, orders the bush right, light. Like, right. that's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. He, he just like went through this, one of the saddest days of his life. Yeah, like, yeah. You, serve the, you serve the shit out of that bush light to him and you give him his space to deal with that. So I look for uh, hospitality. Uh, I look for cleanliness. Uh, I think cleanliness and especially uh, uh, like details. People who look at the details uh, of a bar. So I guess it's really a detail-oriented person more than a more than just straight cleanliness. I think cleanliness comes as a subset of detail-oriented, right. like right, right. OCDness. A, a little, a little, yeah, a little healthy OCD. dose, a little yeah, healthy yeah. dose of OCD right, that right, right, doesn't right, hurt right, behind the bar. Right, right. Um, and it's probably cliche, but passion. Uh, I love people who are always like pushing themselves, always trying to be better, always actively looking for input and accepting input. Um, and you know, on the flip side, pushing other people to be better. Like I love the, the few guys I've worked with that have been truly passionate. You know, we talked about Justin Krakowski down at Tulip, uh, Mark Escobar, Brian Ari, Bronson down at Westport Bar and Cafe. Like we've got so many guys who are just so passionate about yeah. this industry, um, and that is one of the, and you can't teach that yeah. really. That's yeah. something that that's something yeah. that comes from the inside. So no, somebody that's already sure. got that, I don't care if you know how to. I don't care if you know how to stir a cocktail. I can teach that. I can't teach you how to want to learn how to stir a cocktail. Man, that's the truth right there. One word that describes you. Oh. We got another thinker. I was gonna say I'm passionate. That yeah. really comes yeah. down to yeah. it. Everything I've ever yeah. chased after, I've chased pretty hard. One hundred. Yeah. All right. Twenty twenty goals. Have you thought about it? 
before it was 2020 where you're like, all right, so this, this year I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Any of those? 2020 goals, man. I'm, I'm kind of a workhorse right now. I've, I've been kind of putting a lot into my work, so I really want to uh, – I just want to learn how to, how to distill to the best of my abilities cool. and going to try and come up with some cool – we've got some steps in place to uh, come up with some stuff as far as, like, small batch releases that don't really uh, necessarily comply with all the standards of spirit right now. So it's not going to be a vodka or a gin or a whiskey necessarily it might just be something we call spirit and kind of like take off all of those like limitations that we work with right now and just create flavors incredible incredible any traveling plans for you any traveling plans oh man I, we went to me and my lady emily uh went to chicago a couple of years back and stayed for a week which was crazy and that city is so cool yeah, I had Chicago. such a cool time. Chicago. We've been we've talked about that. I think uh, about a week after we got back, we talked about all the places we wanted to hit that we couldn't get to. Yeah. Well, I, I hope you can hit those this year, man. Awesome, I really do, man. Thank you. Um, so with distilling um, and everything else, it sounds like 2020 is going to be a big, big year for you. Man. I'm I'm hoping it will be. Yeah, I, think, I, I think I think it's going to be. You. Appreciate your time, um, everyone. You can check out Ian at I am Ian Bauer at, yep. on the Instagram. Uh, please check out us, uh, Streetwave. We're on 10 different platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, eight others. You know what it is. Uh, our Instagram is Streetwave. That's S-T-R-E-E-T-W-A-V-E. We're here at Lifted Spirits, and we're out. Mm-hmm.